Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Catherine Lau, Director of Real Estate for Industrious, discusses how landlords can share in the upside of co-working. Welcome to the second of three sessions today here in the Co-Working Learning Theater. Uh, our second session today is How Landlords Can Share in the Upside of Co-Working with Catherine Lau. Kat is the Senior Director of Real Estate and Industrious. She's tasked with growing the network of industrious locations, developing strategic landlord relationships, and transitioning the business to a new partnership model. Prior to joining Industrious, she held positions at Equinox, L&L Holding Company, and PGIM Real Estate. Kat graduated from New York University with a BS in Hotel and Tourism Management and currently serves as co-chair of the Apex for Youth Associate Board. Take it away, Kat. Hi, everyone. Uh, like Nate mentioned, my name is Catherine Lau. I go by Kat. And I'm the Senior Director of Real Estate at Industrious. Industrious is the largest premium workplace provider in the U.S. And today... Uh, I'm excited to cover a topic that's been talked about a lot. Obviously, there's an entire pavilion committed to it. Uh, but what, haven't really, what hasn't really been talked about is how landlords can share in the upside of our business. So before I jump into that, I just want to remind ourselves, why is co-working and why is flexible office space important? So the world is changing at lightning speed, right? You can feel it, you can see it in your tenants, and you can see it in the decisions that they're making. But the real estate industry has always been kind of slow to adapt. And it's not surprising, given that you're working with physical space, you're working with lengthy and capital-intensive projects, and sometimes you're working with the government. But workplace demands are shifting, and they are evolving. And they're centered on three key things. One, recruitment and employee happiness. Two, flexibility. And three, decentralization of the workforce. Industrious was born out of those three things. Those are the forces that we're trying to capitalize on by partnering with landlords in delivering an amazing workplace experience in their buildings and throughout their portfolios. And if you still think this is a fleeting trend, take a look at our network map. It's littered with locations all around the country, and it's a result of actual and increasing demand for our product. Over the last few years, uh, we've scaled to over 50 locations in 33 cities, and we're on track to reach 100 locations at the end of 2020. And this map, it shows you scale, right? And scale is important to our demanding uh, enterprise users that have a wide geographic footprint. Some of our enterprise clients include uh, GM, Lyft, Hyatt, uh, and Pfizer. And so those enterprise users care about scale, and it's a differentiator. But aside from that, Industrious is most well known for two things. One, it's our beautiful spaces. So this is one of my favorite locations. This is uh, Industrious Full to Market in Chicago. Obviously, it's very beautiful. Uh, and as I move through these slides, you'll see uh, the level of emphasis that we put on boutique hotel level finishes, the warm color palette, 
and really sophisticated design. I'm really loving also uh, our new focus on greenery. So this is LA Century City, uh, Irvine. And this is a look into one of our private offices. But I think what really sets us apart is our member experience and our service delivery. And you see that in premium amenities, like this gourmet breakfast, a diversity of workspaces, uh, surprise and delights for our members, and also the ability of our local teams to create community throughout the network. So that's industrious. But there are so many co-working operators out there. So I want to have a heart-to-heart. -heart. A couple years ago, when all of this started, you were the landlord. And Industrious and other co-working providers, we were the tenant, right? You gave us the keys, and we paid rent, and things were good. Over the last few years, you've seen co-working providers and operators sprouting up left and right, across the street. They're really everywhere. And so what I often get asked now is, Kat, are you my friend or are you my competitor? And they don't necessarily say this to me, but I know what they're thinking. I gave you TI. I gave you free rent. You built a beautiful space, but somehow you're able to charge substantially more on that same piece of real estate. And what's worse, the tenants that would have taken space with me, the landlord, are now taking space with you, and it's not fair. I don't necessarily disagree, and we hear you, and we're trying to correct that imbalance by sharing the upside and aligning the incentives. So throughout 2018, we've partnered with Blackstone, Maserich, Rubenstein, and several other landlords, and it's really pointing to a shift in the industry away from leases and movement towards management contracts. And what these landlords are trying to solve for are these three things. They're looking for higher yield returns, and they want to mitigate downside risk. They're looking to attract and retain uh, great tenants. And they're looking for flexible and highly amenitized workspaces to enhance their overall building experience. When you move away from the landlord and tenant relationship, you end up on the same side. And there are a lot of different ways you can structure management agreements, and I'm happy to walk you through that after the session. Uh, but I would like to first share uh, a scenario of a management contract actually playing out in real life. So this building is One Arts Plaza, and it's located in Dallas. It's owned by the Billingsley Company. In 2015, 7-Eleven uh, moved their headquarters out of the building, and that created a really substantial vacancy that accounted for almost half of the building. And so like many landlords, Billingsley saw that as an opportunity to reposition the asset. And as part of that strategy, they said, we need a workplace partner. They ultimately arrived at Industrious, and it's because of a couple different reasons. They were looking for an experienced operator they were looking for national scale, uh, and they were also looking for enterprise relationships that they could draw on to bring to the building. In July 2017, Industrious Dallas opened, and it's now home to uh, General Assembly, Sotheby's, and Freddie Mac. And I think what's more important is that the overall building has seen a lot of 
uh, tenant retention through renewals and has seen new leasing activity. So it's now over 90% leased. And I think what's really exciting for industrious is that Billingsley intends to expand the overall scope of our management contract. So one day, if you're a landlord, you'll find yourself in this scenario. And you'll need to ask yourself a couple questions to find and identify the right workplace partner. First, is this operator an amazing service provider? What are their performance metrics? What is the success criteria? Do they have hospitality standards? And, and probably most importantly, can they ensure consistency of service delivery and experience across the network? This is key. This is number one. Next, does this operator have strong enterprise relationships? Does it represent a diverse mix, a diverse uh, industry mix of users? And can this become a funnel of future growth for my building or my portfolio? And lastly, ask yourselves, is this operator complementary to my building, to my tenant base, to my location? And these are some of the pieces of information that I would consider. I would think about average member age, average company age, um, the type of reach that they have in the enterprise world. What does their existing member base look like? Uh, and I would also consider what landlords have they worked with? So at Industrious, we've been super lucky to have worked with some of the best landlords across the world. Uh, and it's because we're solving for similar problems. We're solving for exceptional member experience. We're solving um, to align the incentives across the investment. And we're looking to share in the upside. And one of the projects that I'm most proud of uh, is our partnership with Blackstone and Equity Office. And together, we're repositioning a 1.5 million square foot project in LA. It's the Howard Hughes Center in Playa Vista. And throughout the process, they ask these three questions. And they ask way more than these three questions. Um, but they ultimately arrived at Industrious as their selected partner. And we're really excited to work with them. But when you do find yourself in this scenario and you're looking for the right workplace partner, ask these questions. And I'm sure you'll end up with the right one for you. Um, and that's everything I had in terms, of uh, in terms of prepared content. But I would love to open the session up to questions. Sure. In a management contract, um, the actual agreement between, let's say, McKinsey, right? They sign it with the landlord. And industrious in a management contract is an authorized signee, right? We're, we're managing the business. But that relationship lies with the landlord. And I think that's really key. I'm not the expert on that, but I can get back to you. Yeah. Questions? 
So the, yeah, the question was about hospitality and, and should REITs and other real estate investors think about Marriott or Hyatt in a similar way, right? Um, I think it's really different because these hospitality companies, uh, they're dealing with one night stays, two night stays, right? And then if you give a box of chocolates, that kind of seals the deal. But in a workplace scenario, you're, you're providing an exceptional experience every single day. You know, five days a week, um, 365 days a year, right? The space is always open. So I think it's just a different level of service, but the actual contractual agreement can look very similar. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of it is rooted in who our target audience is. So um, we attract an average member age of 38, right? And that is reflected in the way that the spaces are designed and how they're laid out um, and who our enterprise users are. So we have McKinsey, um, Pfizer, Freddie Mac, some of those. But I think what really sets us apart is just how thoughtful we are in providing amazing service every single day. Um, and we do that through getting creative, um, through programming, through events, through surprise and delights. We know every single member's name, their birthdays, things about them, right? How many kids do you have? What's important in your life? And we celebrate that at Industrious in ways that sound great and they sound fluffy, but we actually track it. We have millions of pieces of data that tell us about our members so we can constantly deliver that experience every single day. And that makes them stay longer, right? They want to be a part of the community. They want to continue growing their permanent home. Um, and so it's not swing space or anything like that for those types of members. It's a home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's a good example? I know recently one of, the, one of our members in Dallas, uh, they were taking a real estate exam. And the community manager found out that they had passed the exam. And a couple days later, there was a cake, there were balloons to celebrate that member and that big milestone in their life. Um, and that's not something you would ever expect at work, right? If you work in a normal office in financial services, in a cubicle, you would never see that. But at Industrious, that, that type of stuff is valued and it's because of our operational expertise that we can think about those things and prepare for them. Sure. Yeah. So those are a lot of the questions that we're dealing with now. Um, obviously, in a lease, you have a fixed rental stream, and you can cap it, and that's true value that you can see um, you know, in your purchase price or, um, or in your sale price. But in a management contract, we're still seeing from landlords that if the space is, let's say, 5 to 20% of a building, there's not necessarily a hit on the overall cap rate. Um, but obviously, there's a variable rent stream there. But the premium rent that you can generate on a per square foot basis more than compensates for that discount, if you will. Um, and there are ways to structure around it where it can still be a lease, it can still be a lease document, but the revenue stream is shared. And another way to think about capital markets and, and, and transa transactions is thinking through what happens 
when you're trying to sell a building and you have a management contract. And it could be something like a conversion to lease, you know, a conversion to a fixed market rent, um, potentially a, a buyout or termination fee. But those are some of the, the questions and some of the problems that we're um, already addressing in some of the agreements that we've worked on. Yeah. So I think REITs and um, do you see landlords preferring a certain structure? Yeah. And so as far as management contracts, there's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, but what I can tell you is from REITs, uh, because of the tax implications, uh, when you're doing revenue sharing with a REIT, you have to focus on the gross revenue of the license fees, right? What are the private offices generating in terms of revenue? Um, and, you can and landlords can only share in that line. But some other more, I guess, creative owners, uh, private funds or, or affluent families can share in the cash flow line. And that's the revenue less the expenses. That's EBITDA. So those are some of the, the trends that I'm seeing. Um, but every landlord is different and is solving for um, unique goals or return thresholds. So it really is on a case-by-case -case basis based on the landlord and the individual asset. Any other questions? Yeah. Which one? She's in an industrious, everybody. Sure. So the question was generally around if industries is already putting in highly amenitized shared spaces, do other tenants in the building uh, need to do the same? So I think the, the answer is landlords like putting in industries in their building because it gives them the opportunity um, to attract tenants who can actually have more usable space because they don't have to build out a conference room or they don't have to build out phone rooms. Um, they can actually rely on the shared amenities on the industrious floor to help serve and, and, and provide that overall building experience while also saving these, these tenants some rent and, and, and some usable space. Any, any other questions? How am I doing on time? One minute. Anything else? Okay, I'm gonna stick around. Oh, one more question. Yeah. So the question is, how are you different from WeWork or some of the other co-working operators out there? And I get this every day. This is the first question I get anytime I have a conversation. Um, and I kind of answered it earlier, but I'll try and, and, and answer it in a different way. So Industrious approaches their deals in a really conservative and thoughtful way, the same way we approach our service offering, the same way that we um, design beautiful spaces. So if I'm just looking at the physical space, when you walk into the door, Industrious, that logo is on the front door, but it really isn't anywhere else. And we're trying to, to create a canvas for our members um, to make this their home. So there's not, you know, like super colorful branding of the co-working space all throughout the space. And it actually feels like a professional work environment, whereas some of our competitors are really um, 
focused on community and, and partying and networking. That's not, that's not what we do. Um, and in the service offering, you know, I think I kind of mentioned that. But in the investment approach, I think we're pretty calculated and pretty measured on how we make investment decisions. So there have been so many deals that we've walked away from, whether it's the market rents too high or we're just not hitting our profit margins. And we know that. But somehow, these other co-working operators take that deal, they sign that deal, and we just know in a downturn, that's not going to work out for them. And so I think that approach, that thoughtful approach, is real, really what sets you up what sets industrious apart, and it probably isn't that obvious to the outside world. All right. Thank you very much, Kat. D don't go anywhere. Up in a few minutes, we've got uh, John Duckworth from the Instant Group talking about space as a service. Thank you for tuning in to What's Next. Have an idea or a point of view? Want to record a podcast of your own? Visit cornetglobal.org forward slash podcast.